Welcome to the Danny Picard Show, Monday, February 18th, 2019, broadcasting from the Beantown USA studio. Beantown USA is your home for customized screen printing and embroidery. Go to their website right now, Beantown USA, for more information. On today's show, I will react to some of the top stories coming out of NBA All-Star Weekend. I did watch the All-Star Game on Sunday night. I actually... Watched the dunk contest and the three-point contest and even the skills competition Saturday night. So I will react to that. But uh, from a Celtics perspective, during NBA All-Star Weekend, I think we all hope that this was a little recruiting weekend for the Celtics, given the fact that Kyrie Irving was at All-Star Weekend and Kyrie Irving did, in fact, play in the game. There were questions, would it be healthy to play in this game? And did people in this town even want to see Kyrie Irving play in this game, given the fact that he suffered a knee injury a couple weeks ago and he missed the Celtics' previous two games leading into the All-Star break? I told you last week that I was okay with it. If Kyrie was going to play in this game, I'd be okay with it. I actually wanted him to play in this game because All-Star weekend, the All-Star game, is a recruiting competition, and I want Kyrie Irving to recruit somebody to come play and help him out with the Boston Celtics next year. And I think maybe he was actually doing that because I do have a name for you that I'm going to give you that I am not closing the door on could possibly come to the Celtics this summer because of maybe Kyrie Irving recruiting him. I got a name for you. And that name is not Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis did talk over the weekend, and I'll react. To, I'll react to all that. All right, I'll react to everything that we saw. The top stories coming from All Star Weekend. I'll also close out the show with my reaction to WWE Elimination Chamber. It was a pay per view on Sunday night. I watched it, and I'll react to it. And there's actually some breaking news in the WWE today. I'll tell you all about that. As we wrap up this holiday weekend, and speaking of President's Day weekend, if you had a little too much fun over the long weekend, I have the perfect hangover remedy for you. The IV. That's right. Jump on the IV. Put the Gatorade and the Pedialyte down. Jump on the IV. Everybody's doing it. It's a company called IV League Hydration. IV League Hydration has a new store in Southie, or here's the best part, they can come to you. And it's not just for hangovers. Ivy League Hydration can help you with cold and flu symptoms, jet lag before a big meeting. How about your athletic performance? I know many pro athletes who use IV Hydration as part of their normal routine to perform at the highest level. Check out their different IV Hydration packages right now at ivleaguehydrate.com. That's ivleaguehydrate.com. Jump on the IV after this holiday weekend, this Valentine's Day weekend. So another reason why you might have been out having a good time. Look better, feel better, and definitely perform better with Ivy League Hydration. Today's show is also presented by DraftKings. Play for free at DraftKings.com or on the DraftKings app by using promo code PICK, P-I-C. The NBA returns from the All-Star break on Thursday, so sign up right now for the NBA 50K Shopshooter for a chance to win your share of $50,000. Just pick eight players and follow the action on your DraftKings app. And again, play for free by signing up using promo code PICK, P-I-C, at DraftKings.com. Welcome to the show on this Monday, February 18th. No days off for me. 
There are no holidays. I very rarely take a holiday on this show, as you know. Uh, We record Mondays and Thursdays. And again, subscribe at Podcast One, also on iTunes or Spotify. Or you can listen on my website, dannypicard.com. And we do post videos on my YouTube channel, so make sure you subscribe to that as well, youtube.com slash dannypicard. But let's get to it. The NBA All-Star Weekend saw Team LeBron defeat Team Giannis 178-164. I actually think the NBA All-Star Game is the best All-Star Game out of all the All-Star Games. And is it even really a competition? I mean, you could maybe throw the Major League Baseball All-Star Game into the conversation. I know the NHL has made some changes to their All-Star format. They now do a little tournament of sorts um, where it's, you know, it's not five-on-five. But the NHL's trying. I I respect them for trying. It's still not, to me, it's it's not the NBA All-Star Game. And and I think the second best would have to be the Major League Baseball All-Star Game. I don't even think anybody actually puts the NFL's Pro Bowl into this discussion because the Pro Bowl is just fucking terrible. I don't know who watches that. I couldn't tell you the last time I even watched a single second of the Pro Bowl. I really, I, I, I couldn't tell you the last time I did. So, the NBA All-Star Game is the best one. NBA All-Star Weekend is the best All-Star Weekend. And, you know, this was a good weekend for the NBA. Even though you have controversy with the Anthony Davis stuff, you know, they can try They can try to make it sound like this is bad for the sport or, you know, it's a bad look um, for some NBA players and maybe the players' union, whatever. They love the drama. And the drama is really the thing that keeps people involved. Everybody loves the, you know, the drama that goes along with trades or potential free agent signings. And when there's big names involved, they love, deep down inside, they love it. The right Commissioner Adam Silver could say all he wants. He, he he hopes that he wishes that these things could be worked out privately, but that's in a perfect world. As you know, it's not a perfect world. And Anthony Davis, All-Star Weekend, he's answering questions, and, and he's all over the place. Anthony Davis, all over the map, answering questions all weekend long, or at least when he was doing his media rounds on Saturday. I listened to three different press conferences or media sessions with him in which the national media was all over it. And the first one, he was asked about his trade demands, and he said, you know, my list hasn't changed, right? My list hasn't changed. And we've heard some of the teams on that list. But he says there's a list nonetheless. Then his second media press conference that he did, he was asked about the Celtics, and he said, well, I never said the Celtics weren't on my list. Now, he, he didn't say that the Celtics were on his list, but he, he clarified, he said, I never said the Celtics weren't on my list. Now, what we had heard from reports is that actually the Celtics were not on his list. I mean, Anthony Davis's father was speaking out saying that he wasn't coming to the Celtics because of the way the organization treated Isaiah Thomas and there was no loyalty there, whatever. So Anthony Davis kind of contradicts what he said in the first press conference in the second press conference when he says, well, I never said the Celtics weren't on my list. So things, I guess, have changed. And then the third press conference that he did, or interview session that he did, I think it might have been, was it on NBA TV? He, he was doing a sit-down, and maybe it was TNT, I don't know. I don't know what channel. But he's asked, and I think he was asked about the Celtics, and, and he said, all of the 29, all of the other 29 teams are on my list. 
Like, I haven't ruled anything out. And you, you're sitting there watching them going, wow. And, and I kind of explained this to you a couple weeks ago when, yeah, I questioned why nobody was really questioning Anthony Davis. Like, everyone heard Anthony Davis was demanding a trade. We talk about how good he is. Everybody wants him on their team, this, that, the other thing. All right, he's a great player. Um, he's got great potential in this league still as a young player. I think we all know he's going to go out and get paid. He also is going to be a free agent after next season, can go wherever he wants. But what has he really done in the league? He hasn't done anything. And I know some people wanted to compare Anthony Davis to Kevin Garnett when it comes to, you know, wanting to go play for a winner. There's a big difference there. I'm never going to compare those two when it comes to trade demands and and going to a contender. All right, you know, it's good to see that Anthony Davis wants to win. But in my opinion, I'd like to see him give a little better shot at, at trying to help his current team win rather than trying to run out the door. Kevin Garnett. Kevin Garnett spent, what, 12 years in Minnesota, I think? I think he spent 12 years in Minnesota. He took the Timberwolves to some, we went over the numbers last week, took the Timberwolves to eight or nine straight playoff appearances. I mean, Anthony Davis just hasn't done anything close to that. So... When it came time for Kevin Garnett to change teams and go for that championship, that coveted championship, and wanted to play for a contender, you know, at least Kevin Garnett had put in his time with his organization that he started with as a kid, and, you know, he busted his balls for that organization, and and it just wasn't, it ended up not working out. I mean, Garnett took the Timberwolves to a Western Conference Finals appearance, and it's just like you can't even compare the two resumes right now. Gunnett and Anthony Davis. So I don't really feel sorry for Anthony Davis knowing that he's on a bad team. I I would like to see him make a little bit more of an effort, give a little bit better of a shot with his current team and trying to win rather than spend so much time talking about wanting to, to get out of town and play for contender. It's not a Kevin Gunnett situation. You know, if, if we were talking about this stuff with Anthony Davis, maybe in like six, seven, eight years from now. Okay, fine. But but we're, but we're talking about it right now. And and so I said a couple weeks ago, why is nobody questioning Anthony Davis? Like, who who is he to be demanding this type of trade right now, the way he's, the way he's doing it? And I thought they had an opportunity this weekend. To not, they're never going to squash it, right? It's never going to be squashed until he's moved. But I thought Anthony Davis and his camp, I think they had an opportunity this weekend to at least, like... Maybe not even, don't even answer questions on it. Like, why can't you go all Patriot way on us? Like, the whole thing about having the other 29 teams on his list, maybe that should have been the first thing he said. Maybe that should have been the only thing he said. Say it once. Don't even do a media session. Tell tell him we're not even going to do it. Uh, There's a lot of controversy. He's got the injury, right? He suffered an injury right before the All-Star game in in the team's last game. And uh, so that's what they're saying. You could use the injury as part of the reason why maybe you're not going to make him media rounds. I don't know, but I, I just thought they had a chance to maybe not look like complete assholes. And, and I thought Anthony Davis went the opposite. I thought he looked and sounded like a complete asshole during NBA All-Star Weekend by continuing to contradict himself as to what he actually wants to do, what teams are on his list, where he wants to go. Like, And it's just such a... You know, again, they love the drama deep down inside, the NBA. They love it deep down inside. And, you know, as somebody 
who enjoys controversial stuff in the world of sports. I mean, deep down inside, I guess I love the drama too, especially we're going to at times work the Celtics into this conversation. But um, yeah, I just thought Anthony Davis sounded like an asshole. And because he sounded like an asshole, it once again leads me to the conversation I had with you a couple weeks ago where I'm like, you know, who is Anthony Davis to be out here demanding this type of stuff? What has he done? And with that, do you even really, like, is this a guy, does anybody take a step back and say, well, do we even want this guy on our team? I get it. He's such a great talent. You know, he's got the size. He, he, he likes, he can shoot from the outside as well. You know, all the bigs have to have that now in this league. But, you know, he's a tremendous player. He's a superstar player in this league. He obviously would help the Celtics be an NBA championship contender, a serious contender for the foreseeable future. But, I mean, something has to be said about the way he's handling it and just kind of how his personality is being shown right now and what his attitude really is. It's, it's kind of a bad look for the kid. And you could say all you want, well, this is his agent, you know. Everyone's blaming everything on the kid's agent. I don't know. At some point, you know, he can tell his agent to shut the fuck up. Like, it's the agent is still working for the player. And I know it's LeBron's agent too, and people are people putting the blame on LeBron. It's like, well, at some point, Anthony Davis has to take the blame for, for his team and his camp looking like a bunch of assholes on this situation, right? You can't let Anthony Davis just... You can't let him off the hook just because his agent is going out saying certain things. Uh, he, the agent works for the player. The agent works for the player. And if Anthony Davis wanted to, did, if he didn't want to go public with this, they didn't really, they didn't really have to. And Anthony Davis could have put a stop to it. I mean, Anthony Davis could fire his agent if he really wanted to. Is it going to affect the money he makes? No. He could probably fire his agent, get another agent, and pay him, pay, pay his other agent less. Knowing that there would be agents lined up, ready to work for him. Not with him, for him. So, Anthony Davis sounds like an asshole. That's, that's basically what this looks like. And uh, I just think it's a bad look for the kid. Would I take him on the Celtics? Yeah. But I'm standing firm. I'm not trading Jason Tatum. I am not trading Jason Tatum. It's just not happening. So uh, I don't know where the Anthony Davis stuff is going to go here moving forward, but it's something that people were trying to trying to dig into during All-Star Weekend. One thing I did see was a little... Is it a, it's a friendship, right, between Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant. They are friends. They're not enemies. Like, they had a couple moments where Kevin... Kevin Durant threw Irving's Celtics jersey to the ground. I saw a video, but they were joking. They're friends. They enjoy each other's company. It looks like they would enjoy each other's company on the same NBA team. Could we possibly have seen this weekend, at NBA All-Star Weekend, could we possibly have seen Kyrie Irving trying to recruit Kevin Durant to play for the Celtics? And, and when everybody sees Kyrie Irving and Durant, you know, talking to each other or being friendly, the first thing people will say is, oh, they're going to the Knicks. They're going to New York City. And we've heard the Knicks linked to Kyrie. We've heard the Knicks linked to Kevin Durant. And then you you combine the friendship that it looks like they have, and everybody is losing their minds going, oh, they're both going to the Knicks. It's possible. I'm not going to say, like, if that happened, I wouldn't be shocked. 
I think there's a lot of people around the NBA that are almost, it seems like, expecting Kevin Durant to leave Golden State this summer. He has a player option, right? Making 30 mil a year. I mean, they're expecting him to leave, regardless of what happens with the Warriors. He's 30 years old. Um, if, If Durant went to the Knicks, I would not be shocked. If Durant went to, I mean, honestly, if Durant went to the Lakers, I wouldn't be shocked. Like, I wouldn't be shocked with any superstar player going anywhere in, in, in a situation where they're either going to a big, a big city or they're going to join forces with another big-name player or two. So I could see Durant leaving Golden State. I could see Durant staying in Golden State. But all options are on the table. And when you do hear people talk about Durant, you, you hear the possibility or in some people's minds, the likelihood that he is going to leave Golden State. Where could he go? People say in the Knicks. They see him with Kyrie. They say they're both going to the Knicks. I look at this weekend and I wonder, and I, and I don't rule it out, I could see Durant coming to the Celtics. I could. And I actually would prefer to see that than make some crazy trade for Anthony Davis, especially seeing... How Anthony Davis looks in all this, like I just told you, it's a bad look for the kid. Kevin Durant, again, 30 years old. It seems like the foundation really has already been built for an opportunity for him to come to the Celtics. Danny Ainge, a couple years ago, the Celtics, they recruited Kevin Durant right before he chose Golden State, obviously. But you remember the meeting, what was it, in the Hamptons? (laughs) <laughs> they met with Durant, and actually, according to reports, and even I think according to Durant, the Celtics were a finalist. They didn't have to be a finalist, and the Celtics didn't even have Kyrie Irving at the time, and the Celtics were still a finalist. So now that the Celtics have Kyrie Irving, if the Celtics are able on July 1st to sign Kyrie to this long-term extension, to this max contract, maybe what we've been seeing and what we saw this past weekend at NBA All-Star Weekend was Kyrie Irving recruiting Durant, not for the Knicks, but for the Celtics. I do not rule that out. I don't. I didn't rule it out last year when, when Durant was, when there were whispers about Durant last summer maybe leaving and not going back to Golden State. I, I wrote about it. I talked about it. I said, look, if Durant, you know, I, I think he cares about his legacy. Um... I think there's probably part of him that knows what people say, that he joined the team he couldn't beat. You know, if you can't beat him, join him in Golden State. I think he, I think he knows what people said. I think he knows he has an opportunity, if he wants, to go to the East, now that LeBron is in the West, and maybe knowing that Kawhi Leonard with Toronto is going to be going to the West. Maybe Kawhi Leonard goes to the Lakers or the Clippers or go to, it goes to L.A. Kawhi Leonard's been linked to L.A. And, and Durant is looking at the Eastern Conference going, wow, I could roll through the East and I could be a team that's in the NBA Finals for the next five years. And, you know, I have a chance to shut some of the haters up because, you know, there are still some haters out there saying that I took the easy way to a championship, took the easy road. Well, I'm going to now take a more difficult road and I'm going to leave Golden State. I'm going to leave the best team in the league, the most dominant team in the league. And I'm going to go to the East. And I know you say, well, the East is not, for for reasons, Danny, you just pointed out, the East is not the most difficult road. You get what I'm saying with regards to the team that he's leaving. I mean, let's be honest. You know, if he stays in Golden State, if they keep that group together, if they're able to keep Klay Thompson there, and I don't know that they're going to be able to do that, but if they do, Golden State is going to be still the team to beat 
for the next couple of years at the very least. Uh, you know, even if the Lakers do add a, a key piece or two, which I expect them to do. But, um, you know, Durant could very well come to the Celtics. I'm not ruling that out. I don't, I do, I do not think that's a pipe dream. And I, I say that knowing how close it seemed the Celtics were to acquiring Durant a couple years ago. I don't think that was being blown out of proportion either. I really do think the Celtics were a finalist to get Kevin Durant. And um, if they were finalists then when they didn't have Kyrie Irving, if the Celtics were able to hold on to Kyrie Irving this summer, then I'd, I'd like to think that the Celtics have a pretty good shot to get Durant this summer, and maybe that's what Kyrie Irving is doing. I hope that's what he's doing. Like, I hope he's not out there recruiting Durant to, to go to the Knicks. <laughs> like, that would suck. And if they both go to the Knicks, then we have to look back at this past All-Star weekend and say, well, that's exactly what he was doing. That's exactly what he was doing. But um, I actually, I think the Celtics are a possibility. I hope it's a possibility. I would love to see that. If you ask me what I'd like to see more, the Celtics pair Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant together or Irving and Anthony Davis, I'd, I'll tell you, it's not, I don't even have to think twice. It's Irving and Durant. No question. Irving and Durant. You know, there have been times the last couple of years Durant has come off you know, he says some things, he does some things, and you're like, oh, man, I can't stand this guy, right? I can't stand him. But you can stand him a little more when he's on your team, when he's helping your team win. Now, there's one thing that Durant did do Sunday night in the NBA All-Star game that if Durant did end up somehow choosing the Celtics and, and coming with Kyrie Irving to the Celtics, Durant has laid the foundation for a little rivalry with the Philadelphia 76ers. Did you see Durant going at Embiid? You know, they had a little ISO play early on in this game where Durant, you know, was being covered by Embiid. Durant was crossing him up, went to the left, had a little fadeaway jumper, got fouled, hit the shot. It was an and one, and Durant wasn't happy. I don't know if Embiid was talking trash. That's what Embiid likes to do, right? Joel Embiid, he likes to talk trash on social media, in person. And I think, I do think a lot of the NBA players look at him, and I, I, I get a sense that other NBA players think Joel Embiid is a clown. I think Joel Embiid is a clown. I get the sense other NBA players think he's a clown as well. They may be looking at him going, you talk a lot of trash for somebody who has done nothing in this league, right? Somebody who has a ton of potential but hasn't really turned it into, all right, you've turned it into all-star appearances. Uh, You know, you couldn't even turn it into a date with Rihanna. That's what you kind of wanted to do. I don't think that worked out, did it? Like, I I do think this, I get a sense that some of these NBA players, these other all-stars, think Joel Embiid is a clown. And so when I see Kevin Durant chirping with Embiid, I thought that was dead serious. And I think Embiid was maybe a little caught off guard and, and afterwards was saying, well, you know, we're all having fun. I don't know that Durant was just there having fun in that moment. I thought Durant was being serious. And I tell you what, if he's going to be with the Celtics and he's doing that with Embiid and he's jarring back and forth at Embiid and he's hitting shots like that in his face, we would, we're going to love Durant. I say gonna, like it's going to happen. I don't know that it's going to happen. Um, I want it to happen. Okay. I want to see Durant in a Celtics uniform and a lot of things that were happening this NBA All-Star weekend, I'm looking at it going, one, is it worth even talking about because is it even realistic? 
Some people say, well, you, you know, it's a, that's a fantasy trade. It's a video game move. I guess. I mean, if you had told me a couple of years ago that the Celtics trading for Kyrie Irving would be a realistic thing, I would have told you, no way. That's a fantasy trade. That's a video game trade. But guess what? The Celtics made that trade. You know, the NBA is a league that we can talk about this type of stuff. And if you want to get down to the dirty details with regards to specifics in the Celtics and Durant, again, we know that the Celtics were close to, to getting Durant to choose in Boston in the first place a couple of years ago. And if he wanted to choose him this summer, he could. And in fact, there's probably a better chance now knowing that Kyrie Irving is here. But again, you got to get Kyrie Irving to stay. And you got to hope, like I hope, that Kyrie Irving was on a little recruiting trip this weekend. Which is why I told you I had no problem with him showing up and playing. Because, you know, if he was hurt and he wasn't going to play, it's one of those things where it's like, well, why would you even go? Stay home, rest up. you gotta, you got a season in which you have a shot to win a championship this year. Um, You know, don't even go. I wanted Kyrie there. I wanted him playing. He did. He played 25 minutes. And I was fine with it. I wanted it to happen. And the hope now, seeing what I saw, is that he was there recruiting Kevin Durant to come to the Celtics. Is it realistic? I think it's realistic. I think it's possible. If we're going to say it's possible that Kyrie Irving stays with the Celtics, which it is, it's also possible that he leaves. It's possible that Irving leaves. But if we're saying that it's possible Kyrie stays, then I'm saying that it's possible he was recruiting someone this weekend. And by the looks of it, the player that he seemed to be spending the most time with was Kevin Durant. And so the hope, here at least, is that Kyrie was trying to recruit Durant to come to the Celtics. It's possible. It's, it is, this is a league where, you know, there are wacky moves and all-star players, they control their own destinies. They control everything. If Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving had a conversation this weekend and Kyrie was like, I'm telling you right now, they're going to love you in Boston. They're going to love us in Boston if we slay the beast, okay? Come to the Celtics. We will slay the Warriors. Um, you know, we, we're we not dealing with LeBron anymore. Let someone else deal with LeBron in the West. You know, we'll go to the finals every year. We got a young core here. You know, come on. You know, this is the team, this is the place to be. And if they have it, you know, if they have that type of conversation, I do not rule it out. The question is, did they have that conversation? I would I would think they had a conversation about something regarding their future. The question is, is it, is it the Celtics or is it the Knicks? Or is it the Lakers? I don't know. I mean, it could be anyone, but it was someone. And if we're saying it's a possibility that the Celtics can keep Irving, then it's got to be a possibility that Irving was talking to Durant about the Celtics. That's what I hope. I'm not ruling it out. And I would love to see that happen more than an Anthony Davis trade. I would. I know Anthony Davis is younger. I get it. But I just think some of this stuff with Anthony Davis, it's a bad look. It's part of me that wants to see him say, you know what? I'm going to spend one. I'm going to finish my contract in New Orleans. But New Orleans has a shot to keep me. Let's make a move this summer. To, to, to help us try to win in the final year of my deal with New Orleans. Like, there's part of me that wants Anthony Davis to show that, to do that, to say that. And it's like, he's the complete opposite. He, he looks and sounds like an asshole. And I don't know that that's the type of guy that I'm giving up a, a, a huge trade package for. I'm sorry. And I'm definitely not giving up Tatum for that. 
Not happening. Not happening. Jason Tatum. How about him this weekend? Wins the skills competition. Puts his skills on display. And I tweeted out uh, that night. I said, hey, Pelicans. I tweeted at the New Orleans Pelicans. I said, you can't have him. You cannot have Jason Tatum. You cannot have him. Sticking to my guns on that one. But if anything happened this weekend, I hope it's Kyrie Irving trying to convince Durant to leave Golden State to come to the Celtics. We'll see what happens. Oh, yeah. And, and oh, yeah, by the way, Jason Tatum guaranteed the Celtics win the NBA championship this year after he won the skills competition. Uh, what is that worth? I guarantees whatever. I don't, I'm not going to get too worked up about that. But it's not necessarily the Patriot way. Uh, and I would like some of these guys to handle their media business like the New England Patriots handle the media. But sometimes that's a lot to ask. Tatum was feeling good. <laughs> Made a guarantee. He's a kid. He's 20 years old. He's wearing diapers still. I mean, how much stock are you going to put in? You, you want to knock him for that? Whatever. Kid's a confident kid. He's feeling good about himself. Loves his team. I don't want to trade him. I don't think Danny Ainge is going to trade him. Tatum's a stud. Get used to Tatum at NBA All-Star Weekend. Get used to him at All-Star Weekend. Because he's going to see some time in that All-Star game at some point. And it's going to be more than one. It's going to be more than two. It's going to be a lot. Tatum's a stud. Tatum's a stud. So that's what we saw NBA All-Star Weekend. Um, What else this weekend? What else did we see? I watched WWE Elimination Chamber Sunday night. And actually, before I get to that, I told you there is breaking news in the WWE. And it's actually, it's on ESPN.com. It's one of their top headlines. You go to ESPN.com and they have the headlines on the right side of the screen. One of the top headlines is breaking news. And I, I shit you not. It's on ESPN.com. It says, D-Generation X is getting inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame this April. You know, they do the Hall of Fame. Uh, right before WrestleMania, WrestleMania weekend, there's a lot going on. It's in New York City because WrestleMania is at MetLife in New Jersey. But, you know, the whole thing is a New York City event. It's it's what they basically promote it as. So it's a big one whenever it's in New York City. WrestleMania, what is it? Is it 35? I think it's 35, right? The 35th WrestleMania. But they do the Hall of Fame induction ceremony. And there's got to be, there's always got to be a big name or two. Not every name is a huge name. I think sometimes they they stretch it with Hall of Fame. But, I mean, that's just, that's Hall of Fames in general, right? I mean, what would a Hall of Fame be without maybe putting someone in that, that's a questionable Hall of Famer? Nah, maybe not a Hall of Famer, but I guess, you know, you need, you need to put some people in. You need to have an event and a show and a Hall of Fame production. So, yeah, we'll put an extra guy in. DX. Deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. D-Generation X. So you got Shawn Michaels, Triple H, X-Pac, China, and the New Age Outlaws. So that's the news. That's the breaking news. D-Generation X is going to get inducted into the Hall of Fame. I think this is a power move by Vince McMahon. Because by, by putting them in, you'd think that badass Billy Gunn, who's one half of the New Age Outlaws, has to show up for this, right? You'd think that he has to show up for this. Billy Gunn is now part of AEW. Cody Rhodes, the Young Bucks, you know, Chris Jericho's over there. AEW, and they have made it very clear they want to be the main competition 
against WWE. They're going to get a huge TV deal. They got pay-per-views. Uh, they got superstar talent. They're trying to steal talent from WWE. They are, they want to compete. They want to be the WCW of, you know, 2019, 2020. That's what they want to do. And Billy Gunn is part of AEW. Not even, I don't even think, is he going to wrestle? I don't even know. I, I think he has, he has front office power, right? He's like an executive producer or something. And he's already being shown in some of the videos that they do with being the elite. Billy Gunn is part of AEW. And, you know, it's something that WWE needs to acknowledge as competition. Maybe not publicly, but definitely privately. Now, by inducting DX into the Hall of Fame, you would think badass Billy Gunn is going to have to be there. This is just a power play by Vince McMahon. That's all this is. He's, he... He sees the threat of AEW, and and I'm, this is not the this is not the main reason or the only reason why DX is getting inducted, but it definitely factored in as to why they're gonna do this right now. All the big AEW news, he's like, oh yeah, well guess what? We're gonna take one of your biggest AEW guys. We're gonna bring him back to the WWE Hall of Fame, right? So we're just letting you know, like. We get it. You guys are going to do your thing with AEW, but we're not going anywhere. And in fact, not only are we not going anywhere, we're still the top dogs in the industry. And we're going to be like that for a while. And they're going to make Billy Gunn show up to this. And, uh, I, I mean, maybe he doesn't. Why would he not show up? He has to show up, right? You're not, you're not going to show up to, to being inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame? Come on. you got to show up for that. But... Yeah, it's a power move by Vince McMahon. And I, I, they obviously deserve to go in. I was actually shocked that they weren't already in. I thought they were. NWO is in, right? The NWO? They're in, aren't they? So, I think so, right? Maybe, maybe they're not. I'm pretty sure that Hall and Nash are in. They are, right? They're in the Hall of Fame. I thought, I thought they were. If they're not, I'm sorry. I thought they were. But I think that's who inducts them in. You know, we always say, who's going to induct them? Who's going to be the guy to present them? I think it's going to be, I think NWO will present. I think Hall and Nash, you know, part of the, the other part of the clique, I think they will probably present DX. Will Hogan show up for that too? Hogan being part of NWO? You might get a, I don't know. I think they could make that a pretty cool moment. But, um, so DX is going into the Hall of Fame. That's the that's the big news. That's the breaking news in WWE. I watched Elimination Chamber Sunday night, and I thought it was a very good, very entertaining show. I actually thought it was the best show of the year so far in 2019. Now we haven't had many events. We've just had the Royal Rumble, but I thought this was the this was better than the Rumble. I did. I thought it was better than the Rumble. I thought Elimination Chamber was better than the Rumble, mainly because the Rumble was like seven hours long. You know, I mean that that that. That took a lot out of it for me, the Rumble. But Elimination Chamber, a very good, a very entertaining show, and I thought the best show of the year so far by WWE. Uh, this is a spoiler alert. If you have not watched Elimination Chamber yet or don't want to know what happens yet, then you should probably hit pause on this podcast right now and come back at a later date and listen because I'm about to give a spoiler to what actually happened. So here we go. Sasha Banks and Bayley become the first women's tag team champions. They won that in an Elimination Chamber match. I think, I think a lot of us knew, I think we knew that was going to happen, but it's still a cool moment to see them get that accolade, you know, to see them get that award. 
Uh, that's that's a big thing to be the first women's tag team champs. We know how important the women are now to the current product in pro wrestling in general, especially WWE. Uh, so Sasha Banks, Bailey, they win the first women's tag team championships. That's a big moment. Then Becky Lynch, she attacked Ronda Rousey and Charlotte Flair with her crutches in a moment that showed us all that Becky Lynch is still somehow going to be placed back into the women's championship match at WrestleMania, which will probably be the main event, will probably be a triple threat. I told you this a while ago. I thought this was going to happen. Ronda, Charlotte, and Becky were leading towards that. But Becky Lynch attacked them both. And and it was a pretty wild moment in the event. Then you had Finn Balor. Finn Balor wins the Intercontinental Championship, beating Bobby Lashley. Uh, that's a that's a good win. That's a big win. I like how they put a title on Balor. There should be a title on him. Um, so Balor wins the championship. It's surprise of the night, I thought, was the Usos winning the SmackDown Tag Team titles beating The Miz and Shane McMahon. And it's not a surprise that just in general they won the titles. The surprise is that the Usos win the tag team titles just days after one of the Usos, Jimmy Uso, was arrested for a DUI. And WWE released a statement. They said Jimmy Uso is responsible for his own actions. He's responsible for his own actions. It was a very short and to the point statement. I, you didn't think he'd be rewarded for it, right? Like, that's not what I thought. That's not where I thought they were they were going with it. The The reason is, though, the Usos' contract is up in a couple months, and they don't want the Usos running off to AEW. So they gave them the titles. You're keeping them happy. And they've been doing stuff like that. Keep people happy. They've been giving them title shots, titles, more opportunities, bigger roles. Um... So AEW, as I've said in the past, has has already affected the WWE product in a good way. I like the Usos. I think that's a, you know, that's that's a move that I like, putting the belts on them. I just didn't think it would happen days after one of the Usos got arrested for DUI. I just, I didn't think that was going to happen. But it did. It did, and I thought that was a surprise of the night. Uh, but outside of that DUI, the Usos winning the SmackDown Tag Team titles in general is... Uh, a good thing, I think, for the business. Because they're an entertaining tag team, and I think they should be. Uh, they are championship caliber. And speaking of championship caliber, Kofi Kingston did not win the WWE championship in the Elimination Chamber main event. Daniel Bryan did retain the WWE championship. He pinned Kofi Kingston, though. They were the final two left. Kofi Kingston has been getting a major push. And I don't know if this has anything to do with his contract and AEW trying to pluck him from WWE. But Kofi Kingston is getting... And, and I don't know that I've ever seen a bigger push without putting a championship on a guy. But this is as big a push as you're going to get without winning a championship. And in some ways, it's almost it's almost bigger than winning a championship. Like I tweeted this out earlier to... Someone, I said, go back a couple months ago. I actually talked about it on the show, and I I tweeted a couple months ago about it. I think it was leading into the Rumble, maybe, or something. Kofi Kingston, The New Day, which is probably the most entertaining group in WWE, in professional wrestling. They're great. 
New Day is great. Kofi Kingston is great. And I'm not just saying that because he's a local guy. And, you know, we root for the same sports teams. Like, And I do want Kofi Kingston on the show. I wish I could get him on the show. How do I get him on the show? I've tried a million times to get Kofi Kingston on the show in the past. And WWE will just not let him come on the show. Hopefully that can change at some point. I'm a huge Kofi Kingston fan. We all know his athleticism, how good he is in the ring. What I didn't know about Kofi Kingston was how good he is on the mic in, in a championship moment. And, and it wasn't even really a, a championship moment is strong, but a couple months ago, he gave this random promo where he kind of like went off on a tangent with the New Day in the ring and he's calling out Brock Lesnar, and he's saying he wants to be the man, he deserves to be the man in the business, and like, it was half serious, half joking, where like, the New Day had to stop him in the middle of the rant, and they're like, oh, oh, hey, Kofi, take it easy. I forget when it was, it was a couple months ago, but I'm watching that rant going, and I think I tweeted about it at the time, and I said, wow, like, that jumped off the screen, like, that was a powerful promo, and I didn't think Kofi Kingston had that in him, when it comes to a championship moment. And I'm not trying to knock him. I'm just saying, I don't think they really ever put him in position to be in that type of power role with the mic in his hand, calling out someone like Brock Lesnar. And I think if you just were to think about that before seeing it, you might roll your eyes and laugh and say, no, that they would never do that. And if they did, it really wouldn't be that powerful. But it was. And I'm looking at that going, you have to, because of that moment, like that was so good. You are, because of his talent in the ring, you are almost forced now to give him, to put him in the title shot. You know, to put him in the title picture. You know, it doesn't have to be the universal title. Obviously, that's on Raw. And and uh, Kofi Kingston's a SmackDown guy, you know, until they get rid of the, the brand split. But you could put him in the WWE Championship picture. And they've done it. They've done it. And it's been great. And you could, you know the people want to see... Kofi Kingston in this championship picture. And he had a hell of a night at Elimination Chamber. He didn't win, but he was the he, he was one of the final guys left. He got pinned. It was just him and Daniel Bryan left. And it's just another sign after what we saw in SmackDown before Elimination Chamber. It's another sign that they are giving Kofi Kingston a huge push. I just hope it doesn't end at this. Like I hope all of us like I hope we don't watch SmackDown Tuesday night and see a new day in the ring, and, like, Cesaro and Sheamus come down, or the Usos come down, and they get a feud in a feud with the Usos, and they just forget about it. I hope that doesn't happen. I mean, if they did it right, they would now be building a feud between Bryan and Kingston, between Daniel Bryan and Kingston, that might lead up to a WrestleMania match. To be honest, like... That's where I think we're at with Kofi Kingston. And I think that if you put the WWE Championship on Kofi Kingston, based on some of the promo work that I've seen from Kofi, and we know he can talk because... I'm not saying we didn't know he could talk. New Day, that's all they do is talk. And they're entertaining. The most entertaining group of WWE. But, but, there's talking... There's being entertaining, and then there's doing it with the type of conviction while you're in the championship picture for main title and still looking like one of the top dogs. And Kofi Kingston, he looks the part, he sounds the part, he is the part, 
it's time to make him WWE champion. And maybe they do that at WrestleMania, and that would be one heck of a moment. It really would. And um, I'm all for it. I am all in on that. I am all in on the Kofi Kingston era. I am. I'm all in on it. I'm all in on it. So it's great to see him get a huge push. It really is. But Elimination Chamber, uh, I thought a very, very solid event, very entertaining event, and the best event of the year so far in WWE. WrestleMania right around the corner. And so whatever happens with regards to the storyline surrounding WrestleMania, I'll react to it on the show, as you know I do. I don't do it all the time, but every once in a while, I will do it. And after pay-per-views especially, I'll give my reaction. I think there's one more pay-per-view before WrestleMania, I think. One or two. There's one more, right? Is it at the end of this month? No. Is it a couple weeks? I don't even know. Middle of March? I think there's one more. I could be wrong. I could be wrong. Either way, when when we get closer to WrestleMania, I'll have Justin Barrasso from Sports Illustrated. Uh, We'll preview WrestleMania as we always do. And um, I can't wait. I can't wait. Get this show whenever you want at Podcast One. Also on iTunes, Spotify, anywhere podcasts are available. Subscribe to my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Danny Picard. Follow me on social media, Twitter, Facebook, all other forms. I'm out there. Follow, subscribe, rate, review, like, listen, download. Do it all. Thanks for joining me. Enjoy the rest of your week. I will be back on Thursday. Talk to you then.